Portions of the show may be previously recorded. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today here is Tell Dell Tuesday, and with me is a longtime member, John Pry, out of Dallas, Texas. John is one of the original super passive investors here at Lifestyles Unlimited, and we can't wait to share his story with you. John, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Del. So, John, you were one of the originals, super passive. Why don't you uh, share with people what that means, because you kind of uh, were a part of the people that created it. What, it. what it really means is, you know, there's a lot of people in lifestyles that, that when I joined, had retired, uh, real estate retired because they were yield syndicators, lead investors, or had a whole bunch of single-family houses. The difference between them and me is I'm too lazy to be a syndicator. I was able to replace my after-tax Earned income in two and a half years after joining, strictly in passive investment. And so I really don't need to be a lead investor. Very happy being a passive investor where 100% of my time belongs to, belongs to me. So, John, as you, uh, you got into that, let's talk about, you know, the average person comes in here and they desire to do something to change their life. So we'll start at the beginning. I, you know, I've taken for granted that we've had you on before, and I shouldn't do that because there's people here that have not heard your story before. So let's start with your story. Tell them about what you did before you got here and what it was that stimulated you to look into doing something different like this. Well, I was a uh, petroleum engineer out of Texas A&M. I had a, a very successful career as an engineer for over 30 years, really enjoyed the vast majority of it. Uh, but I was trading time for money, of course, and it was stressful at times. I was laid off three times during my 30-plus year career, strictly due to low oil prices. That's a you know you're going to ride the roller coaster of oil prices if you're going to be in the oil industry. So I had a younger brother who introduced me to lifestyles. He was a member in Houston. Uh, this was in uh, 2010. And he was very successfully buying some single-family properties. And, in fact, I invested in some of them with him uh, because he was an HR executive, a lot of money, laid off during a stock market downturn. And so he had capital, but he didn't have uh, didn't have the uh, W-2 income to qualify for loans. So he showed me what he was doing. I liked the results of it. So I said, look, um, I'll get the loans, let's split the capital, and you manage the properties. And that worked worked quite well. Um, the next year, 2011, I recognized that there were foreclosures everywhere in DFW. They were just carpet and paint was all they needed, and they'd be ready to go. So I bought seven of them to back then. However, I made a big mistake not knowing at the time the power of leverage. I bought them for all cash. 
you know, I figured even a Haggy couldn't mess that up. And sure enough, they cash flowed like crazy and appreciated like crazy. Finally, 2014, I thought, you know, I... There's no way I know everything about single family. I better go check out the group that taught my brother how to do this. In mid-2014, I went to the the, uh, free introductory workshop. In fact, I went to it twice because I am naturally skeptical and very conservative. I went to it twice before I joined. Went to my first two-day seminar immediately after that. And it was very clear to me at the time that I was a practicing engineer, had a lot more money than I had time. So passive investing in multifamily syndications was the obvious way for me to go. I started doing that in uh, 2014, worked hard on my education. It was fascinating to me, and I, I attended every event I could. There was not so much online education then as there is now. Uh, so the key to it was going to live events, met a lot of people, made a lot of friends, lots of connections. And I saw how well this was working as compared with stock market, which was the only thing I knew how to do. So I started pulling more and more and more money out of the stock market and putting it in these, these multifamily syndications. Two and a half years later, much to my surprise, I found that I had replaced a mid-six-figure engineering income with passive income from real estate investing. All I had to do was to deposit check, go to the mailbox and deposit distribution checks. I still didn't need, you know, I didn't. I had plenty of income then. I was nobody was more surprised than me to learn I had replaced my income with passive investments and. Why do anything different? You know, I had plenty of income, um, so just keep doing more and more of the same. And I ended up probably been in 50-some-odd deals by now. I'm in about 30 now or so, which is too many. So one of my goals going forward is to uh, have more capital in maybe 20 deals, and that's not difficult to do at all. Uh, the key to this is education and networking, getting to know your fellow passives and fellow lead, and lead investors as well. Very simple to get the education through lifestyles. You just, you know, 80% of life is just showing up, right? The other 20% is, is, is applying what you learn when you show up, and lifestyles makes it very easy for that to happen. Let's talk for a second, John, about how you got to the 50 deals to start with. Then we'll talk about the devolving down to 30 in a minute. So let's go back to that. To get to the 50 deals, how much of that money or those deals came out of originally invested dollars? And how much and or what number of those deals came from a secondary amount of income that was spun off from doing the first deals? In other words, when you first started, there were a lot of deals, especially back when you started, where, like you said, the market was in such a shambles that we were picking stuff up and turning it around and making giant capital gains and refinancing out large amounts of money or selling some deals. Obviously, you've sold some deals now, but back then you weren't really selling. You were just refinancing, pulling the money out, I assume. And you can clarify that for everybody, what you did. And give us an in, sort of an indication of... How much of that pulling out of money and putting back into the system were you doing 
and how did it break down into the number, the 50 number you're throwing out there of properties that you were into? You know, surprisingly, I never, I did not really track that early on, Bill. Um, that's surprising for an engineer. I know we're, we're supposed to love spreadsheets. But I'm on some of these, some of this money I'm investing now, reinvesting, is third and potentially fourth generation type money. Um, I've, I've doubled our net worth by the time I retired two and a half years after joining Lifestyle. And it's, it's close to doubling again over the last uh, five and a half years that I've been retired. That is one of the most amazing things to me, Bill. Even in retirement, living a great lifestyle, our income and our net worth continue to grow even in retirement. I've already pulled out probably as much. I've lived, I've spent enough money in the last five and a half years on our lifestyle and, and uh, a beach house that, that I've pulled out more than the original capital I put in the first deals when I joined Lifestyles. So it is a sustainable thing. Stock market's not sustainable. If you're eating your seed corn in retirement, spending down your stock market money, you've got a chance of running out of capital when you get old. Um, buy and hold residential rental real estate is sustainable as long as you always reinvest capital gains and refinance proceeds. Never eat your seed corn. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is John Pry out of Dallas, Texas. John is one of the original super passes, and uh, at one time he had as many as 50 different apartment complexes that he was a partner in. He now has whittled that down to 30, and I ask him that when we come back to this segment to explain to us the logic behind uh, compressing his investments from a larger number of uh different investments to a smaller number. John, why don't you pick that up? What is the logic there behind compression? I see plenty of deals. And, you know, you, you just get to where you want to you want to pick the best of the best. And, you know, 30 deals is a lot of financial statements to go through every month. Um, you know, we have the obligation to go through the reports and read and evaluate and ask whatever questions we might have. And, uh, uh, that's, the more deals you're in, the more effort that takes. And I'm a pretty lazy retired guy, Bill. Uh, and a lot of my investing is subsequent deals with people I've already invested with. We know I like, can trust each other, and I know they're going to perform well. It's just not, not difficult to make decisions like that. So uh, I'm going to try to clarify what you said a little bit better for the audience out there. Um, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. That's unsanitary during covid times, but let's talk about the fact that let's say you had five deals. One of them has to be the best deal. One of them has to be the worst deal. And there has to be a gradation one through five, unless they're all exactly the same, which they're never going to be. So what you're basically saying is, okay, I got 50, not five. I got 50. I got one through 50. And I'm sitting here going, you know what? I'd really rather have more of them be a five than be a one. So I'm going through my 50 and going, let's take, and I've done this in a different way. I've explained to people before, I've got rid of all my smaller properties and my less profitable properties and grew, and that's how I grew personally when I was buying my own real estate. But you just did it on this level and said, okay, you know, I've got 50 properties. Let's take the 
the one or two or three that sell this year and I'm out of them. And let's not go back into something unless it's something that ranks up there in the upper end. Is that, am I clarifying that correctly? It, yeah, that, that's spot on. And, you know, the more experience you get both with various leads and your own education and knowledge, the better you get at recognizing uh, the better opportunities. And and uh, it's just a matter of, again, a lot of it is, is subsequent investments with people that I've already know very, very well, and I know I can trust. Yeah, that trust thing's important. I'm going to take you one step further, though. Uh, I would have to guess, and this is only a speculation, that if you're sitting there putting together 50 deals in two and a half years to retire, you're probably taking a bunch of deals uh, that you might not have taken if you weren't in a hurry. In other words, you just you were looking for volume more so than you were looking for the perfect deal. Would you agree with that? That's absolutely true. And, and uh, 50 deals include my entire time at Lifestyles. Um, there was some urgent. Well, I saw how well it worked early on. I did. I was urgent about getting invested, getting that capital put to work. Uh, stock market was not doing all that well then, and and uh, I wanted to get it into multifamily because I saw how well it worked. Well, you know, John, I'm not one for just bringing all the the uh, rainbows and fairy fairy tales and fairy dust. I also like to get down into the into the mud a little bit and talk about the negative stuff about reality of life and business and investing. So I'm going to take you into the into the deep, deep, deep negative conversation of John. I thought you were supposed to be passive. And now we find out there's such a thing as an active passive. Can you explain to people what I'm talking about? What an active passive is is someone that is really well integrated in the group, goes to events all the time in person and online. You know, one of the superpowers of lifestyles is that we all help encourage and teach each other. Um, now, I, I like to help newer members coming on because that's how I was treated when I joined the group. Some of those new members have gone on to do great things as lead investors, some of which I've invested with. Um, we all have that obligation, as you have said a million times, that when we become successful, it is our obligation to help those coming behind us. And my passive counterparts and I, we... We, we talk about various leads, various deals. You know, have you invested with this person? Have you invested? What was your experience? You know, that, that helps us get better at what we do. We call on each other's experience, not just our own. Now, since you've joined up in 2014, eight years ago, since then we've gone national, uh, meaning that we've always had national members all over the country, you know, in all 50 states. But we've we've literally got pockets of people now all over the country in many, many cities. And uh, how has that changed the way you've done business, John? Well, it's broadened me geographically. Yes, the majority of my investments are scattered throughout Texas. But I'm invested in uh, Arizona, Mississippi, uh, Atlanta area. Looking at one right now that uh, is in uh, uh, Tennessee, it, it's really expanded the, the the breadth of deals. And you know, if if something happens to one geographic area, 
um, you know, you you just got a lot broader scope to pick from. All, all areas have different advantages and disadvantages. One thing I will never do, though, is invest in a state like California or New York that is not landlord friendly. That is one overriding consideration. <laughs> I said that one day on the radio, and I got this scathing letter from this California guy saying, you know, I was thinking about joining up with you until you started talking negative about California. But people just don't understand that live there, that the real world is completely different than where they live. You don't pay all those taxes, and you don't have all those laws and regulations that are anti-business and anti-landlord. So, yeah, they don't get it. Um, As you look at this situation now, and... You talk about, okay, different areas have different, um, you know, timing or they have different opportunities, right? I'd also like to add in there that they also have different cycles. And literally, you could have one part of the country where the cycle is up while another part of the country, the cycle is down. And it's just the biorhythms of that part of the country, whatever's happening in the country right now. You know, gas and oil are up and, you know, electric is down and, you know, or whatever. And it changes like that. And so having a little bit of diversity that way also helps a little. Um, Right now, I'm in so many different states that you talk about your tax return, talk about financial statements. My tax return is literally about six inches thick because I have state tax returns in so many different states. And there's another negative for becoming wealthy. That's a rich man's problem. We'll take a short break. Be right back with John Pryor and the Dell Wamsey Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. You allowed 15,000 members into your sandbox. Thank you. And so that speaks volumes. So for that and as a family. So you know why I did that? Everybody always asks, why did you do this? Because I was an ugly kid. My parents used to have to put a pork chop around my neck so the dog would play with me. And so I always wanted to have friends, and I figured if I could make people rich, they might be my friend. Join Dell and his successful friends. Start with the free online workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is John Pryor. He's one of the original super passes. He's out of Dallas, Texas, and uh, he currently is sitting on about 30 deals down from as many as 50 deals that he's had over the period of time that he's been investing here as he is reworking his portfolio, getting it down, tightening it up, and uh, ever-increasing his income and his net worth. John, you said that surprised you that even after you retired, you continued to increase your net worth and your income. What did you think was going to happen? Well, you know, I came into lifestyles with the, the normal middle-class mentality of saving up as big a pile of money as you can and gradually spending it down in retirement, right? So that was I had that mentality coming in, and I guess it just hadn't occurred to me that if, if I continued to always reinvest capital events, that I would have more and more money invested in it, 
um, and, and my income and net worth would continue to grow even though I wasn't working. So when I realized that was happening, it, it, was, it surprised me. It really did. Uh, I thought it was just going to be a make it a more sustainable thing than than spending down stock market returns, but it's not. It continues to grow, and that that still surprises me. That's really cool. So it's not really you know I'm paraphrasing off of what you said. Your thought, as you believe the American, the average American believes, is that the concept is you pile up a pile of money and then try to sustain it in. You hope that you don't run out of money before you die type of thing. Your goal is to die before you run out of money. Uh, but in this situation, it wasn't just sustainability. It was actually growth, completely opposite of what you thought. Now, I ran into that same concept, but I've, I've actually believed it from the beginning because I've seen it happen for you know 34 years now. But what I want to ask you is, what do you think about life differently now because I know it's framed my thought process in life knowing that it's not sustainability. I, I gave up sustainability when I got to 20 million bucks, John. I said, okay, if I'm 60 years old, I'll never live past 80. I got 20 million. I could live on a million a year. There's the sustainability, right? Forget it. Never make another dollar again in your life. But when I realized that a year later and two years later, I was worth more and double and more and double and more. Then I started going, wait a minute here. I need a new plan. I want to hear what your plan is. I don't want to tell you what my plan was, but I want to hear. Once you figured that out, did it give you a new plan or did it make you believe you should think of a new plan? Well, it absolutely did. It, first, it, it gives you a sense of peace and confidence. You know, I am very fiscally conservative. I'm a typical engineer, and knowing that this is sustainable for the rest of my life and beyond is is a very comforting feeling. Um, the The focus now has shifted from growing our income and net worth into legacy. Uh, two of our kids are preferred investor group members. They have their own multifamily investments. Uh, my my son, I was my son's mentor when. When he bought a house several years ago, and that turned out to be a heroic thing as well. So legacy, what can I give back to the people coming behind me, is important to me as well. The people coming behind me at Lifestyles, I want them to have the same experiences that I've had. You know, I can't go back and relive all those ha-ha moments when I joined in, in the early times, but I live vicariously through my kids and newer members. Uh, contributing to Texas A&M, my alma mater, and several charities that we support on a very regular basis is a lot more important to, to us now than, than it was several years ago. So it's a completely different frame of mind, and uh, knowing that it's sustainable makes me sleep well at night. And the, you know, I don't have any stress in my life, Bill. I really don't. Um, that's a that's a great frame of mind to be in. I tell people I am DFW's happiest member because I don't have financial concerns in my life. Yeah, it's. I'm just sitting here listening, absorbing, and thinking. And I'm trying to think, is there another level of goals? In other words, I'm, I'm, let's just get everybody in this wavelength because we're there. We're both on the same wavelength here. We're saying, hey. 
I've right now got everything I've ever dreamed of having. The money necessary to sustain that level uh, of living for the rest of my existence and my wife's existence and, and probably even your kid's existence at some point. I know for mine, it's even past my kid's existence now. I'm down to, you know, making grandkids' lives untouchable type of thing. So when you get there, then you have to start asking yourself, what is life experience about past that? And I guess there's nothing wrong with saying, well, it's just having fun. But I I don't think fun actually fulfills people as much as they think when you have unlimited amounts of it. I think there has to be some substance in your life. Have have you started to think that way at all, or is that is that what you're saying when you paraphrase the give back? It's, you know, have you thought about how you really give back deeply? And you said, okay, I've got my charities now, I got my kids. Uh, you know, I know you give a lot back to lifestyles. Is it deeper, John, or is that is that enough? That's where I am now, Bill. I'm not, of course, remotely as far along as you are, but that's where I am now. I get a lot of satisfaction out of out of giving some of the same education that I've received from Lifestyles, helping, helping, encouraging, teaching new, newer members. I got a, an instant message thing just, just last night that I saw this morning from new members who are friends of friends of mine. They joined because of those friends of mine. And it was just a very nice message. I just want to thank you for everything you, you do and all the encouragement and and, and, and help that, that you give to, to new people like me. And, Bill, that makes me feel good. I'm, I'm kind of at that first stage of, of giving back, right? You're way beyond that. I wasn't comparing. I was just asking. Uh, I'm yeah. digging. I'm digging for some inspirational conversation here is what I guess I'm doing. So as we do that, let's go along the line and let's look at people around you. What do they see now, John? What you know, looking in. What do the outside people looking in see when they look at you? Family, ex people that you used to work with, ex friends from work, neighbors. What what do people see when they look in? They see someone that that really worked very hard for a long engineering career that is now much more happy, much more relaxed and doing really whatever we want to do, we decide we want to do. Um, we've got a family reunion coming up. Uh, we're leaving tomorrow to go to Minnesota for a family reunion. And uh, plane tickets are a lot big expense and all that, but none of that really matters. Um, it, just, it just doesn't matter. I came from a very middle-class mentality. Dad was a minister. Uh, Mom was a part-time nurse. And so I'm very middle class. The, the whole concept of sustainability was not on my radar screen. The whole mentality was, as you said, die before I run out of money. And I just cannot put into words the sense of peace that comes from knowing I'm not going to have any financial concerns the rest of my life. You know, Dad is, is, is 93 now. And uh, so I've, I've got a long time that I'm going to walk this earth, Bill. And uh, knowing that I'm never going to have financial concerns again is a very peaceful thing. So friends, neighbors, relatives, I've had a bunch of them join because they want to experience that same sense of peace that comes from 
financial freedom. Um, and it, I get a lot of satisfaction out of sharing my experiences with them and, and helping them to become successful members and experience the same joy that I have in lifestyles. And I still keep up with old work friends, and I've got several old work friends that are members now, too, and doing very well with it. But my my day-in, day-out, week-in, week-out friends are lifestyles members. They all have common outlook on life. We're not all at the same point financially, of course, but we all have pretty similar goals, and and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a family feeling within the lifestyles membership, and that is a great thing as well. And, John, as we get back here to the last segment of the show, I'd like to ask you this question. You were a really ambassador before there was actually a technical term ambassador and or group the people actually signed up to be ambassador. You were ambassador even before that. Um, for many years now, people have been coming to you because you were so far out in front with what you were doing uh, as far as being a passive and a super passive. What types of questions what are the biggest questions people have for you when they're they're showing up here there's a guest or as a brand new member and they're scared to death what 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 kind of questions do you have to quell most of the time does this really work um you know by the time i get to meet them they're typically they're not thinking this is a scam they're past that point but they're, they're the questions center around how have you gotten in so many deals Tell me how to do what you've been doing. And somewhere in that conversation, I always tell them that you're not going to believe this now because I didn't believe it back when I joined either. You're going to run out of money way before you run out of deals. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's simple. It all comes down to education, which is easy to get because we are Lifestyles members, and networking. This fundamentally is relationship business. And so we talk at some whatever length they want to about how to network, effective networking. doesn't matter if they live close to an office like I do or if they're national or I've even met uh, – I've even got a lifestyle friend that lives in Australia, Dale, and he's been very successful as well. With, with the online presence that Lifestyles has now, it's easy to, to network, and that is just as important as the education part of it. It's funny, John, that you, you mentioned that. the uh, One of the funniest questions that uh, just frustrates living bejeebers out of Lynn to the, when she was doing the passive uh, mentoring was that, um, hey, uh, I can't find any deals. I can't get in any deals. I keep trying and trying and trying, and I, I'm not getting in any deals. And then you ask, well, how many specifically, how many different lead investors did you speak to? And the answer was invariably two. They'd try it once, they'd try it twice, and this was the inside joke. So have you done both of them yet? You know, it just they, and they just don't get it. And then Madeline comes along and just blows everybody's mind. You know, Madeline did 135 deals in like a year and a half, I think, and she's like the master networker, and she just explains to people, you just got to get, get your face out there, get your name out there. And in this day and age, like you said, with technology, you don't even need to go. Like in the old days, you wanted to get out there. You had to fly around and go to different meetings in different cities. But nowadays, you don't, right? That's it. And, you know, I'll give you another good example. 
this this friend of mine, he's in the DFW area, been a member for less than a year. He's already in 20-something deals, but he's good at networking. He's better at networking than I am. We all I have think... common interests, and so it's I'm a typical nerdy engineer outside of lifestyle, and none of my lifestyle friends believe that. Because within the group, we all have a common interest, and it's easy to talk with one another. Um, lifestyle just makes it easy, and automatically, lifestyle members tend to be uh, tend to be interested in doing what what needs to be done. They just need sometimes a little push and a little guidance. It was easy for me because we all have common interests, even though I'm naturally an introverted type person. It's interesting uh, again. Just as I'm listening to you, you keep bringing thoughts to my mind here about some people it's easier to network over the Internet because they feel security of being behind the keyboard, right? Other people are better in person because they can shine their personality as as a guiding light. And even if they don't know what they're talking about, they're just so effervescently bubbly that people like them. So different people have to learn how to network in different manners. Um, you were never afraid to go up to people. I remember you as when you first came in, you were kind of bugging me, you hung around, you'd stand next to me and just stare at me. <laughs> you were hanging on every word that everybody would say. And, you know, then after a while you got the guts up to come and ask a few questions and all that. And then one day you popped up and you had all these deals and you were the center of attention. It's amazing how that happens that way, huh? It is. It's just you're, you're, it's a high-quality group of people. I call myself DFW's happiest member because I retired 10 years earlier than, than planned, and we have a bad, much better lifestyle than I had thought we would have in retirement. Um, financial independence is, is the key to a, a, a settled, happy lifestyle being very relaxed. I, I see a lot more sunsets than I see sunrises anymore because I don't wake up to an alarm clock every day. Oh, man, tell me. Uh, I get up every day now early because I bought myself some dogs. Just, you know, like I said, I told you the story that uh, when I was young, my they used to have to tie a pork chop around my neck. My parents did, so my dogs <laughs> would play with me. So I had to buy some more dogs to get some more elderly love, right? Having said that, John, um, have you been recognized? Do people know you now when you go places? Do they say, oh, there's John. There's John Pry. Let's go talk to him. Have they recognized it you happens, yet? Do you have it that? Happens, it happens a lot. Uh, one, of the, one of the smartest things I think Lifestyles does is everybody wears name tags that he bids. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I became known as Aggie that always sits on the front row before anybody knew who I was. And I sat on the front row because I knew I'd be more engaged and I wear Aggie shirts all the time and it's just, you know, when you go to you go to everything you can, and the more times you can reach out and touch a potential lead investor, that's another touch point, right? Um, I remember telling a, a new person the other day we met at Starbucks and talked for a couple of hours. I want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your story. The rest of you out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. 
The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.